successful entrepreneurs don't make it to where they are today all by themselves. The goal of this segment is to dig deeper into the tricks and shortcuts that our guest entrepreneurs borrowed or stole to help propel them to their own successes. Join our host, Kent Lloyd, the director of Harmon Brothers University, as he asks his guests what they borrowed, or in some cases stole, to grow their business to success. It's the legal kind of stealing, by the way. Poop to Gold presents a brand new segment, Funny Business, hosted by Kent Lloyd. Hey guys, welcome to our new segment, Funny Business. It's a Poop to Gold podcast from Harmon Brothers where we interview entrepreneurs and we really see what they've stolen and how they've made it their own for their business and how other entrepreneurs can take those nuggets and go from there for their own business. Uh, this week I have with me Joseph Wilkins. Joseph Wilkins is from Funny Commercials. Funny Sales Videos. Funny Sales Videos.com, sorry. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, he's done some fantastic work. But before we dive into all that, I, uh, I want to know a little bit more about you. So where'd you grow up and what was your childhood like? Oh, gosh. Um, I grew up in London. Okay. You can probably tell by my accent, but I've, I've lived out here in the United States for about 25 years. So half, half my life back in England and half my life here. But anyway, no, I, uh, I grew up in the middle of London, which was a great place to grow up as far as culture and, you know, the arts and diversity. And my dad was a fashion photographer, mainly worked for Vogue magazine reached probably the pinnacle of his career when he became the Queen of England's personal portrait photographer. Oh my God. So a little bit of success. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. How did he land that? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I was just a kid at the time. But he also worked with, you know, Rolling Stones, Jimi Hendrix, Paul McCartney. I mean, at the time he was pretty good. Wow. Yeah. So I kind of grew up in that creative space. We had a big studio in our house and I never thought I would get into the same kind of business that he's in, but when I was uh, college age, I went through graphic design and explored animation and eventually landed in marketing. So that's kind of what brought me to what we do today. So what was like one thing that your dad taught you being around all that stuff that you feel like you, you use in your business today? I don't know that he actually physically taught me anything, but just I guess by osmosis, I got the creative gene. I was always interested in, you know, I, I hated academics. Okay. So if, I, if there was a choice between an academic class and an art class, I'd always take art. So painting, drawing, sculpting, did a lot of that. Um, and so I guess just exercising that creative muscle and also rubbing off some of those creative genes probably. So your current business, Funny Sales Videos, mm -hmm. how long has that been a thing? So when I got out of college, um, I worked for about three or four years in different, uh, two different companies in marketing. And this was back before, you know, again, dating myself, before the internet really supported video. And so I was the graphic designer. And as a couple of the companies that I worked for starting to, started to say, let's, let's start dipping our toe into the world of video. Um, they said, hey, let's send the graphic designer off to some courses to learn to do video production. And this was way back before YouTube and any self-taught classes were available. So, you know, I went, to, I flew out to Pasadena, did a few training, live training courses with Linda, the Linda of Linda.com. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, bef before she did, had the whole online thing, she had a lot of physical classes. And so that's kind of how I got started. They, they said, let's send the graphic designer off. He, he must be able to learn video. It can't be that different. And uh, uh, that, that, that's... And the answer is... Oh, it's very different. <laughs> yeah. And more expensive. 
So that's basically how I started. I started doing video for these marketing jobs. Actually, when I was working as the marketing director for a hot tub company here in Salt Lake City, somebody that I was working with said, hey, there's this client, Little Giant Ladders. Mm -hmm. um, they're looking to do an infomercial and need some help with graphics and a few other things. And so that was really the first client that I had. Mm -hmm. um, we did an infomercial for them. I was one of, I was the smaller of three different companies that produced that infomercial. Um, made over $200 million in sales and immediately I was hooked. Jeez. I was like, there's a way to make money using video. Yeah. And uh, so I quit my job, started at the time, well, it technically still is in existence. Procreative is my video production studio that I have. Um, and then funny sales videos spun out of that. Gotcha. Uh, pretty much after I found out about you guys. <laughs> so how did you guys find out about us? Gosh, it's been, probably three or four years ago when Harmon Brothers University first started up. Um, I, before they even launched, they put some teasers out and I was immediately, you know, pre-registering for anything that they had. I was constantly looking, you know, at your YouTube videos, behind the scenes, anything I could find to figure out, you know, what was the secret source behind the crazy and successful ads that you guys were doing. And that, so that's how I found out about you. And then I've literally been through every single course you offer. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk about that. You you took the, the courses and then you've started the funny sales videos and then all of a sudden applied that and you've had some awesome success. Yeah, yeah. I remember Daniel talking in maybe one of the first um, Harmon Brothers trainings about how he had imposter syndrome. Yeah. And, you know, now here I am sitting here with the exact same feeling, only multiplies. Basically, what I did is I, I took every single, every single class that you guys did and just started one at a time. Started out fairly small with some clients, dipping my toe in, doing some of the th principles that you guys have taught. But, you know, probably the most interesting client that, that we can talk about is True Earth. Ryan over at True Earth. And True Earth is a... a, a ecologically friendly laundry detergent. Well, actually it's much bigger than that. There's lots of different products. Sure. They have a mission to change the world through, you know, conscious consumerism. But their biggest product is laundry detergent that uh, comes in these strips so you don't have to buy these plastic jugs. And so he was actually a student of Harmon Brothers University. Yeah. And the two of us met inside the Facebook group. And I had posted a video that we had just produced and everyone was, you know, giving their feedback and commenting and give, giving me some, some critiques. And he just basically direct messaged me and said, you know, hey, I'm always, I, I loved your video that you just posted. Would you like to do one for us? It took us about six, six months or so to finally, you know, uh, uh, arrive at a point where we were able to pull the plug and do a video. Sure. But the first video that we produced for them, it still blows my mind. I looked at the stats this morning. It's over 30 million views. So, you know, that, that immediately, uh, I, I still can't believe that it's got that big. You know, we did a, a little interview with Ryan over at True Earth after the first week. And, you know, it was like $2 million in sales and doubling their, their click-through rate and all of the metrics that they'd looked at before. But even greater than the numbers is just the comments that we were getting, the engagement that we were getting, numbers of shares, but then also all of these retail stores that started calling them saying, I see all this social proof online, we want to start stocking your products. So right, right. it was just this ripple effect that just completely, 
you know, blew up their marketing approach and now we've done, um, we're, we're actually in the middle of producing our fifth video for them. Wow. Three of them have launched, two are still in pre-production, but we're close to 50 million views on, across, across all of their campaigns and he wants to do like one a month. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, I can quite do that. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of gives me some time. Yeah, there's one or two other clients that I'd like to play with, but they're, they're fantastic. Love working with those guys. And, and I have to say, a huge amount of that success has nothing to do with me or my team. Sure. You know, it's, it's half of the, of the equation is the creative, then the other side is the execution of the strategy, which we don't do. We're just a creative shop. Right, right. And so him and his wizards, you know, do what they do with my videos, and that's, that's really where the rubber beats the road. Yeah. Now, the, the cool thing about this is I actually remember when you first posted the True Earth video in the Facebook group that we have for all of our students. Yeah, that was and interesting. You were getting some flack from people of like, I don't think people are gonna care about whether or not recycled uh, canisters for uh, laundry detergents really that big of a thing. And uh, remind me of what your response was. I feel like yeah. I, I remember it a little bit, but. So I am, you know, as much as I'm a creative person, I'm still a data geek. Right. And, I, and I always do what Daniel and the team did in the 14 day script challenge, which mm -hmm. is sit down, create your spreadsheet, figure out, and I don't want to give all of the secrets away, sure, sure. But, but figure out what are the key reasons why people are buying the product. If you're a startup, that's harder, but with True Earth, they'd had about a year or two of data that I could look at and see the comments. And the number one comment time and time again was the fact that they didn't like filling up the landfills with plastic. They felt guilty buying these laundry detergent bottles. And so that became our number one focus. And regardless of the comments in the Facebook group, I basically just said, look, the data is speaking loudly. This is what it's saying. And, you know, the rest is history. I was going to say, I think the 30 million plus views <laughs> speaks to that. Proof. Yeah. <laughs> no, I want to commend you for actually sticking to your guns on that one because, I mean, I didn't look at the data. I, I kind of stood a little bit hands off on that one. I was like, all right, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, trust your gut. Well, I mean, trust the data. And yeah, dude, that paid off. Yeah. That paid off big time. Okay, so you've had some massive success. You've been getting a ton more clients since then. They saw that success of those videos and said, please do it for us as well. Kind of similar to like what Harmon Brothers uh, had at the beginning. They, they saw Poopery, they saw the, the Aura Brush, they saw Squatty Potty and said, oh my gosh, I want one of those for me. Um, so as in nature, your business has been growing, I would imagine, quite a bit. It, it has and it hasn't. I never want to be a, you know, a, a huge big agency. That's just not my style. I love being hands-on myself, boutique agency. So it's been very unusual. I've been extremely selective of the kinds of clients that we take on, the kinds of projects that we take on. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's been different because we used to, you know, you're going to waste some money at me. I'll, I'll, you know, that that'll help me pay my pay my mortgage this month. And so it's it's different where we get to say, you know, what do we what do we feel passionate about, and what are causes that that you know aren't just selling junk, but actually are, are making a, an impact on the world. And so it's been fun to work with clients that uh, you know fit our values. Okay, so with all of that expansion being more selective, how do you achieve efficiency for you and your business? So I do a ton of outsourcing. Okay. I have a whole team of people, but none of them are fit. Well, one or two that physically work with me, but yeah. I have a whole bunch of, you know, virtual people or freelance people, especially writers. That's a 
no-brainer for you know working remotely. You know, we do, we don't have what you guys have, which is the brain share that physically, like a Saturday Night Live writing room. Sure, sure. I, I think that's the, that's one thing that we're missing out on. But you know, just the ability, and with COVID, everyone's doing it anyway, to work with anyone that has the talent, regardless of where they are, right, right. has been really good for us. And also, you know, saves money because you're not paying for employees, you're just paying for their time when they're working for you. Right. So that's kind of how we've done it. Um, I'm still, you know, I, I'm still very much a, wearing a million different hats and, you know, can't switch off at night or when I'm on a date with my wife and I'm thinking of ideas. It's, it's kind of a, a blessing and a curse. Yeah, no, I feel you there. <laughs> it's always fun. I, uh, personally, I love go-karting a lot, actually. Um, I always go to the grid up, up here in Pleasant Grove. Yeah. And the last time I went, I was with a bunch of my friends and I was on a date. And apparently I had done that track so often that I found my brain switching off <laughs> and I started thinking about work and some of the spreadsheets that I'm in on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm like, I've just done half a lap <laughs> on autopilot. And I went yeah. back and that was one of my fastest laps. I was like, oh man. That's funny. <laughs> so that's how you achieve efficiency is by, is by going out there and uh, hiring some extra people. What's one of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome? And what are you, what are you working on? And how, how are you overcoming it now? So again, you know, s same thing, right? The, the, the big challenge is how do you not want to have your finger in every piece of the production process? Because sure. that's what I've done for 20 years. You know, even though I've ha I have a, a team and I've had teams that have worked for me, I'm still very much the... You know, I want to be involved with the brainstorming. I want to be involved with the writing. I want to be involved with the auditioning. I want to be involved with the locations. And obviously, I got to be behind the camera, but directing at the same time. And then, oh, I can't just let some junior editor take this. I've got it. You know, and so letting go of that, still being in a supervisory mm. role along the process. Um, but but I am still struggling with how how do you find the balance between not being a one-man, you know, control freak. Sure. Because I, I'm not the best at everything. I need to, you know, realize that there are other people that can bring more to it and that I can learn from. And so uh, that, that is still an ongoing process. I'm not going to say I've got the solution, but I'm getting a little bit better. So you've had a fairly lengthy career so far. Uh, what's one of the biggest mistakes that you've made in your career and what have you learned from it? So I see my whole career as one big failure. Like, okay. like literally, I, I, I've never done exactly the same thing for more than five years. Like I started out doing something so different than what I'm doing now. But I, I mean, just, you know, when I very first started, we were literally a chop shop video production company. I mean, you've seen Boiler Room. I literally had 12 people in a Boiler Room on the phone doing half price videos if you're by today, like literally. I'd had like six crews that would go out and film videos for super cheap. Um, and, you know, that, that was fun and it made money and it was the first real solid business uh, strategy that I had. But after a while, I was just like bored of kicking out the same boring junk. Uh, and, and then I completely flipped the opposite and I brought in a business partner and we came up with this crazy business strategy of being an ad agency where we would go into a business and we would do all of their TV commercials and radio commercials and we wouldn't charge a penny for it. 
and that sounds crazy, it was a great offer, what we'd do is we'd take the 15% media commissions that the TV and radio stations kick us back. Mm. Me and my partner would split that, and for about 10 years, we ran that, um, became at one time we were told we were one of the biggest agencies in Utah for doing that. Um, and then my business partner, and this is one of the mistakes, I put all of my eggs, eggs in that one basket. Mm. My business partner passed away. Oh. He, did, he did all of the media buying, and so all of a sudden I had no business. So I had to really quick figure out what to do. Um, it, you know, it was a sad time, but it was my bad for not diversifying basically my, my business. And then we did a whole bunch of other things until you know, about four or five years ago, I kind of settled into what I'm doing now. So right. you know, failure after failure, but at the same time, I don't look at any of it as like regretful failure. Sure. Um, you know, I, I see any successful business person, I'm sure that they're standing on many, many failures that brought them to where they are today. That's great, so how are you diversifying now? I would say by clients, mm. like, and that's one thing with that I mentioned earlier. True Earth literally wants us to produce a campaign every single month. Sure. We, if we did that, we couldn't do anything else. Right. Um, maybe, maybe one other client per month. You know, with these big campaigns, they're not they're not these, you know, half price boiler room kind of things where we shoot them in four hours, edit it, and the next day and it's done. These are like three to four, five month productions. Um, and so I tr what I'm trying to do is just get, you know, a good balanced amount of clients, repeat clients, new clients. Um, but, you know, it's always nice to have clients like Ryan that are just like, if you, if you have the time, you have the idea, we, we'll, we'll do it. That, that, I mean, that's awesome to be able to have repeat clients like that. But, yeah, being able to diversify like that, that's so hard when it comes to an ad agency because ads are, that's it. That's, yeah. that's all you do. And, you know, the whole... Ad in industry is pretty much a roller coaster, right? It's feast or famine, and so when the times are dry, you know, you got to store up in the good times or the bad times. So. Yeah. But after 20 years, I think you know we're, we're in a pretty good place now. Yeah. I'll tell you about another failure. Okay. Um, so 15 years ago, I bought a cheapest warehouse I could find okay. to build a studio. Um, I, wanted, I didn't want to pay to rent studios every time we needed to shoot. And so I think I spent $100,000 to buy the cheapest old warehouse in, uh, down in Midvale, just off the I-15. Mm -hmm. Literally, there was a concrete wall next to us separating us. Um, over the past 15 years, I turned it into exactly what I wanted. And then about a year ago, I got a letter in the mail that basically said, hey, you know that building that you paid off a long time ago and spent all that money? we're gonna take it from you because we're widening the freeway. And then all of a sudden, you know, this building that wasn't worth much and isn't worth much to the eminent domain right. was now being taken from me and had to start from scratch again. So oh. that wasn't very fun, but uh, we, just, we just finished building a, a studio that's about twice as big. Um, because we got some lawyers involved and got a good settlement. So <laughs> anyway, that was, a, that, that was a poop to gold moment. What do you like best? about what you do? Oh, gosh. <sighs> Problem is I love everything about what I do. <laughs> how, how do I distill it? I think the best thing about what we do is, you know, creating a campaign is like birthing a child. Sure. Like, like it takes months and months and months, blood, sweat, and tears. You love it, you hate it, you don't know if it's good or it's bad. And then finally, when you, you know, you never finish a project. No. You just abandon it. 
you say, okay, enough's enough. We have to, you know, put that final edit and send it out to the world. And, you know, hitting that publish or, or when the client tells me, yeah, we just hit that publish button, that's, that's a rush, right? Because you don't know, just like when I put my videos up in the Facebook group, you don't know if people's comments are going to be good, if they're going to be bad, if it's going to blow up, it's going to go nowhere. Um, but the favorite part is reading as people watch it and just getting feedback that people love it, that they, you know, brightened their day, took four minutes out of their day to laugh and comment and, you know, things like, I relate to that, that's me, that's totally me. Oh, I, you know, I would never watch a video this long on the internet, especially an ad, but you got me and I watch it all to the end and I bought, you know, those, those comments, it just, it makes everything that we do worth it because it's helping the business, it's helping the individual and it's, you know, putting a smile on people's faces. Okay, so how do you stay on the cutting edge of what you do? Like, Facebook advertising is always changing. Yeah, so I'm not the cutting edge guy. I, when I, so when I talk to a potential client, I got to find out, number one, do you already have the team on your team? Because I can only create, you know, me and my team can create the best video, but we can't, we're not the guys that, that are going to be able to tell you this is the strategy and these are the kinds of, you know, ads and these are the audiences. They've got to have that in place. And if they don't, that's number one red flag. Or, you know, I'll refer them out to a couple of agencies that I know that, that are good at that. Um, and so that to me is, is the one thing that, you know, I, I don't really keep on the cutting edge of that because I'm a believer in being, you know, great at one thing, not good at a bunch of things. Sure. I decided a long, long ago that I was just going to focus on, you know, the, the script to screen and then partner with people that do the digital deployment. So, nice. but, but as far as my side of cutting edge, sure. you know, I got the latest red camera in the mail that's going to be in here any few, any day. My toys are my cutting edge, right? The latest stuff, I'm a sucker for anything that, you know, is bigger, better, more K, um, faster. So wait, do you film in like 8 or 16K? No, no, we, we, it's 6K. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, 6K. For, for those of you that don't know, generally the, the ads that you see in Facebook are probably about a sixth of the size of 6K um, or smaller. Um, so what that really does for us in filming is it actually gives us the ability to punch in in post-production without actually losing any resolution or making things look super grainy. Uh, as a result, so I can totally understand yeah. why you want that kind of stuff. It actually makes things very nice. And make your shoot days go faster because you don't need three shots, you just get one. One nice wide one because yeah. it's your, your wide, your medium, and your close-up sim simultaneously. No, that, that's efficiency. <laughs> Not renting three cameras, you just have one. This is kind of the backbone of this podcast. We, we've already talked about how you've used some of the Harmon Brothers University courses and uh, digested all of those. There's always somebody that seems to be doing something better oh, than yeah. you, right? Oh, constantly. And we, we know that uh, uh, good artists borrow or they create on their own, but great artists steal. Picasso. Right? So what did you steal and how did you make it your own? So I've... I look at everything that I do, and I've, I've, since I've had this, you know, True Earth campaign blow up, Ryan is a very connected person, and he's had me on some of the biggest marketing podcasts, um, and I tell them all the same thing. 
I, I say, yes, I have 20 years of experience, and yes, you know, I, I have my own skill set, but literally everything that I do, I base off of the Harmon Brothers training. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't have the experience to reinvent the, the wheel mm -hmm. yet. Maybe, you know, years from now, there'll be a few things that I'll learn that I'll be like, oh, I'm going to try that a little bit different. But right now, it's a play-by-numbers Harmon Brothers ad. And so, you know, I'm constantly feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm stealing from the Harmon Brothers. I'm not stealing, I paid for the trip. You did pay for it, and you've paid your, and it's made you a lot it's, of money in return. I've, I've said it's paid back a hundredfold, easy. Um, but, but everything that I do, I base on not just, you know, the training from three, four years ago, but anything that you guys are bringing out now, I'm constantly in the discussion groups, learning from what you guys are recommending. And, you know, I, when, when people are putting in their videos and scripts and you guys are giving feedback, I'm, I'm reading, I, you know, I contribute where I can, but mostly I feel like I'm just taking, because yeah. I'm taking that to, to, to use on my next project and all of your current ads. Uh, oh. oh, I'm constantly, I'm constantly <laughs> watching everything that you guys do and, you know, not stealing the ideas of the actual creative, but, sure. you know, that, that's a little different than what they used to do. And, yeah. you know, as time has evolved and, you know, it's, it's, I'm constantly looking at your training, your current work and saying, you know, how can I make my work better? Because that is my bar. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. That's a huge compliment. I'm glad that you've enjoyed the training. I've really, oh, yeah. I've really enjoyed actually creating the trainings myself, along yeah. with Daniel and some That's other awesome. people here on the team. Awesome stuff. Who's an ideal client for you, and what would you want their first steps to be with for working with you? Yeah, great question. So lately, clients with mass appeal, right? So you know, back in my infomercial days when I was working with Little Giant and other clients like that, we would look at, you know, can every household in America use one? Sure. Is it something that's fairly affordable that doesn't have to be so niche that we have to just target a special kind of an income? Those are given, but and anything on top of that that's just like, this is a great product that really helps people and, and is fairly simple to explain. You know, it's harder to get these abstract concepts and put them into a video. So any, anything that's, whether it's consumer-based or business-based, but simple, simple to use products that, that have a huge audience, and I think this is the most important, have already demonstrated that there's a market for it. You know, yeah. whether you're a startup or whether you've been running for decades, I don't really want to invent the wheel. What I really love to do is say, okay, you've got a product that you're already selling online. You've got a strategy. Maybe it's a, you know, a social media strategy and you're paying you know, $1.50 for, for a lead using this creative. Well, gosh, if you're doing that with this creative, I already know I can double your click-through rate or your, I've proved that time and time again. Right. Let's just take what you're already doing, supercharge the creative, and then there's, I'm not reinventing the wheel. Awesome. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and the question of how, how to contact us or what the first yeah. point, two, two places, um, Instagram, we, we, we started to be active more lately on Instagram, sure. funny sales videos, that's our handle. And then just go to funnysalesvideos.com to see our work and just fill in the lead gen form in the bottom. Well, Joseph, it has been wonderful uh, to interview you again. It's always good to catch up with you. Yeah, yeah, um, for those of you at home, please uh, make sure to like and subscribe. Make sure to share this with some of your friends that they might get uh, a nugget from Joseph, um, be able to apply that to their business and see how it explodes from there. And we'll see you next week. 
want to learn the tricks of our trade, we have them all laid out in our courses on Harmon Brothers University. This isn't surface level stuff here. This is our entire playbook, all our secrets laid out in full, the same training we give our own employees. You'll find courses on ad buying, writing video scripts to sell your product or service, creating the kind of large production ads we're known for, even making short ads using nothing but your cell phone. If you're looking to use video marketing to take your business to the next level, Harmon Brothers University has the course for you. Our students have seen incredible growth in their businesses by implementing what they learned in our courses. Take these reviews as living proof. We've now got multiple campaigns that are in the millions of views and in the multiple millions of dollars in sales. Within a week, we're close to 10 million views, over a million in sales, and most impressively, we've covered 100% of the production costs in the first 24 hours of releasing it. We saw immediate results. Sales went up 10x the first day. The first video we did is over 30 million views. The most customers that we've ever acquired in a single month. I think we had about 26,000 new customers. Go to HarmanBrothersUniversity.com to start accelerating your business's growth with video.